the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager, Julie Hartman. You can tell who's who, so I won't even say who's which. Which is who? Oh, by the way, you're going to love this because you're now falling in love with languages. Mm-hmm. So here is how I explain to non-Hebrew speaking people, which is 99% of humanity, <laughs> a very funny way of realizing that it can be confusing to learn a foreign language. Are you ready? Yes. Who is he? He is she. And me is who? Explain. Okay. You mean in, in Hebrew? Right. Oh, okay. I see. Who okay. is he? Oof. He is she. Oh, and no. And me is oh, who. Oh, no. <laughs> Gosh. And you were thinking of learning Hebrew. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking about what you said on the last episode. By the way, I, I told Dennis before the show, I've been getting so many emails. I think this is the largest volume of emails in a single week I've ever gotten with D&J. And I get a lot of emails usually, so that's saying something. People loved... When I talked to you about the story of language book, remember we were sort of thinking, are we only just going to find this right. to be interesting? No, the audience loved it. They they thought it was riveting. And I've also been thinking about what you said during that episode about how it's much more intuitive to say shoe red instead of red shoe. That's so – that's right. That's totally right. Yes. I wonder what other elements of our language are not right. as well, intuitive. Well, let me tell you. It it was life changing when I see when I started studying French. See, I started studying Hebrew at the age of five, so it came naturally. Mm-hmm. But French was already a foreign language in high school, and I learned it. And I realized there really may not be a right or wrong way to express something. So, for example, I like it. And that this is why I this is part of the reason I think I think clearly is because of language study. Mm. In English, it's I like it. In French, it's it pleases me. That's not the same thing. Isn't like one of your favorite words though? Yeah, one of my three favorites. Yes. Can you remind me why? Oh, because it's way more important than love. And I, I go give, on. I, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, I haven't done this. No, with you? I, I maybe you have, but in a oh, rare you re, wait, you remember. In, oh, I know in a rare whoa. Julie moment, I'm forgetting. I, I remember this earn. Is... I remember should, and I remember like, but I don't remember the reason. Okay, you. Everybody, just about everybody, loves their child. Not everybody likes oh, their yeah, child. That's true. And, and, and by the way, it even may may be for a spouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I love him, but I can't say I really like him. Oh, like goes way further than love. It's it, it, it's different with a pet because there's nothing to like as as much as there is to like. You, know, you love your dog. By the way, 
we're moving on to really many, uh, many. So, by the way, I love the fact that you're getting all this mail. Oh, it's great. Can, I, I know what you want to talk about, and it's your new dog. Yeah. May I first read to you a particularly funny yes. email? So, yes. last episode, Sean, if you happen to have it on hand, you can play it. But if not, um, D&J listeners, just go back to last week's episode, the first, like, two minutes. We played a promo, which is the what is it, 30-second um, sort of teaser. Uh, I, I do a promo for every one of my daily Radio shows. shows. Yeah. Yes. And so Dennis Dennis hates doing a promo, honestly. And I understand it's hard because you don't always know what you're going to talk about of the next course, day. You're tired. Exactly. Right. And so sometimes he just, like today... Makes up nonsense. Makes up nonsense. Today's promo was, sometimes I like Sean McConnell. I'm going to give the reasons... Why? There are some days when I like him and some days when I don't. On the next Dennis Prager Show. He just does crazy ones. So last week, he did one on Asian versus African elephants. Sean, do you have it on hand? It's okay. Don't worry. Just go Just go back uh, to know, the last week. Sean, this is one of those moments <laughs> when I don't like him. You see, it's, you've done this only so that I can illustrate. <laughs> my mom thinks you truly don't like him. Isn't that funny? Remember? Is that right? Yes. My mom one time said... Oh, yes, because I pick on yes. him. Oh, my God. That, does she understand that, that men... That she understands it now, but men, she... Men insult each other because they love each other. It's just so true that women okay. cannot. Women just right. can't insult each other. Anyway, um, my mom goes, Julie, you love Sean so much. Why does Dennis <laughs> insult oh, him all funny. the time? That's funny. Okay, so shout out to William from Germany. Remember William? He emailed. He's 25 years old. Um I hope I'm not exposing William, but he wrote this hilarious thing where he was like, I would totally marry you except that I'm gay. <laughs> so what? Yeah, come on. <laughs> just deal with it. Um, anyway, he wrote and he just he always writes the most thoughtful emails. And by the way, our listeners are so thoughtful. It's, it's a sign of how good this show is. The quality of emails that we get are just astounding. So William writes, last but not least, I know it was a joke, but I'd be thrilled if you or Dennis did a show on the differences between Asian and African elephants. I love elephants, not like them, love them. Oh, apropos of what you were just saying. They're my favorite animals. I already know the differences between them. Here are some of them. Ready? African elephants have larger ears, of course, as Dennis said. Sure, you can't ride on African elephants, though their backs look close to a saddle, while Asian elephants' backs are round. With Asian elephants, only males have tusks, while with African elephants, it's both sexes. That's really interesting. I did not know that. You know, my next book should be about evolution. Like, how do some species of elephants just have male, males have tusks, and then others, it's male and female. It's my next read. Anyone who has recommendations, send them to me. Um, African elephants have a flat forehead, while Asian elephants has, have sort of two humps on their head. Least obvious, African elephants have two fingers on their trunks, and Asian elephants only one. And finally... What does that mean, two fingers? I don't know. On their trunks, interest, maybe, okay. maybe like nostril. I don't know. Um, and finally, African elephants live in savannas. Asian elephants live in forests. I rode an Asian elephant... I believe it was, uh, oh, in India. I rode an Asian elephant in India. I don't remember Sue laughing as sustained <laughs> laughter as this. Oh, I, I know, yeah. So <laughs> it was very warm. I was wearing shorts. And she, was, she wasn't. She was wearing you know, jeans. And we were both on this Asian elephant. 
Within a minute, I realized this was a bad idea. <laughs> These elephants have hairs that are essentially barbed wire. <laughs> These are not human hair, soft, silky. They're, they're sharp and long. <laughs> Every step the damn elephant made was painful, to say the least, <laughs> on my thighs. By the end of the trip... My thighs were beat red, and I was complaining with every step, and Sue thought it was absolutely (laughs) hilarious, and oh, no, oh, no, oh. I remember it like yesterday. It's just, I have not thought about this in a while. It's like when Joseph, you said last week, laughed at you when you you fell. Yes, it is. Well, that, Sue's laughter made more sense, because... I I was hyping it up and it was it was hilarious in, in its own way. I, even I thought it was funny, although I was in pain. I I did not understand why Joseph thought my sprained ankle was funny. Sprained ankles. There's no light side to that. There was a light side to the elephant. Question. So I, I really I'm going to bounce, and you know I want you to give me your honest take. So Otto, the great, wonderful, beloved Otto, died. Uh, two weeks ago, and yesterday we got a, another dog, another another English uh, bulldog. His name is Mister Tubbs. Which, oh, good, Sean obviously liked that. Why is he, he cracked up? up. I it's, know it's a hilarious name. We got that name from the the breeder. That's what they had named him, and we thought that's a great name, Mister Tubbs. T-U-B-B-Z. Anyway. Oh, Tubbs. Tubbs. Oh, oh, okay. Zed, as the Prime Minister of New Zealand would say. Zed. So, does it make you at all uncomfortable that within two weeks we got a new dog? No, no. Oh, good. Okay. I understand what you're saying, though. Um What's what's an example? Sometimes I fear that I'm moving on from something sad too quickly. I'm trying I'm trying to think of an instance. Um, well, the most obvious instance in in human life is the if somebody meets and marries quickly after a divorce of a long marriage. Yes, that's a great. That's an excellent example. It, it feels people odd. Yes. Or, or no, 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 I take it back. After the death, mm-hmm. no, 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 not divorce, it does. It, it, right. it makes perfect sense. But after the death of someone they, they presumably loved, and they're married 25, 30, 35 years, and a year later, they're, they're marrying. Right. So how, how, do you, how do you instinctively react to that? I'm struggling to find an example, but there are, there are things that have happened in my own life. I mean, thank God, thank God, and I'm knocking wood that I haven't lost anyone close to me. Um, you know, I've lost grandparents, but that's to be expected when they're that age. But anyway, I've had times in my life when something sad happens and I feel that I'm moving on too quickly. Were you close to the, any of the grandparents? Not really, because they lived across the okay, country. Okay, so I didn't think so, the way you said it. Yeah, Okay, I wasn't. go on. Okay. I mean, I love them very much, No, no, but no, I understand. Okay. So, and also, they're, it's not that it makes the loss easier, 
But I guess maybe it does when they're when they're older, and it's sort of it's the way no, life works. Well, it, it, of course. Look, there's no question. Early death is much right. worse than late death. But I am very touched by how many people really loved a grandparent, and their death was really a yeah. source of sadness. It's, it's very touching. To it me. is very touching. Okay, so I, go on. I wasn't, I mean... Yeah, no, yeah. no, I, I understand. So I, under, I have had times in my life where I feel that I'm moving on from something too quickly. With a dog, I think it's okay. With a, with a, like if a human died and then someone got married immediately after, I would personally find that to be a bit odd. But that's sort of my feeling, but my brain tells me what are you supposed to do? Wear a shroud over your face for three years? And right. then, you know, oh, I, I get right. into sort of, if I think about it rationally, you're, you have to move on with you your life. You know what? I got to write this down. I'm going to do this on the male, female It's a re- It's really interesting. If, if you were widowed, man or woman, you were widowed and then uh, pretty rapidly met somebody and got married. Mm-hmm. So rapid. This is a really good example of... I have to give credit to you for especially teaching it to me. Yeah. You really, you're very mind-based. Correct. You can sort of rationally unravel, if you will, your emotions. Yes. With And, and I've watched you do that. Yeah. And I have adopted that. And so even though I emotionally would be a little, think it's a little odd for someone to immediately get married after someone dies, intellectually... I can't find a rational reason why that's bad. I can't. Well, the th- the thinking goes, I assume, well, if you so loved that person, how could you love somebody new so fast? But I I don't have an answer to this. I've not I've not experienced this obviously, I not personally, but I haven't seen it in someone I know. I'll tell you where it really manifests itself is with the children. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. See, you know, it's it's fascinating you'd say that because if my, again, God forbid, God forbid, if one of my parents died and my other parent quickly remarried, I would be so mad. Oh, mad. I that's, would be see, that's mad, honest. sad, okay, so, hurt. Right. So this is a really pregnant subject. I am angry at adult children who are angry at a parent for remarrying. You know what? I totally understand that, but I'm just telling you. Yes, that's my, why I, I said I love your honesty. I would just, I would be, I would be very mad. I would, I would view it as a betrayal, well, so, a betrayal of my right of the other, other parent. parent. So, give me a rough idea of the minimum weight. The minimum weight? What do you Before mean? The, oh, oh, wait, yes. wait. I, I okay. Okay, can I say something really bad? Really bad. I don't know if I would ever want my parent. Wow. I know, and I no, hate... No, no, I love your honesty. No, I'm, be, I'm being key. really honest here. I have... You know I, I sort of obsess sometimes about my parents' deaths because I view it as the worst thing to ever happen in the world. Like, I am terrified of the day that my parents die because I'm so close to them, I adore them. And I have thought, God forbid, one of them dies, like... I, I've I've contemplated this question, and I don't know if I would ever want my, another. I would want them to be happy, of course, but I don't think I could ever be okay but with a, a nun new or spouse. a priest. 
What do you mean? Live is a lot. No, yeah. they're a priest. That's I know. What you and would again, want. this is my emotion. No, no, no. I, I, it's hard. I, I, I keep. But I'm being honest. I, I, yes, I keep praising your honesty. So. I would not like that other spouse. I really don't think I would like them. Did you hear Sean? Uh, no, I can't hear him. It was so stupid what he just said. <laughs> what did he say? What, what if your father passed away and your mother fell in love with a man named Mr. Tubbs? <laughs> it, well, how it was is, it spelled? It, it is truly... <laughs> the question is so stupid that I had to repeat it so that people understand what I undergo on a daily basis. You know what? Can I make a side note? I mean, yeah. of course I can because it's Dennis and Julie. All we do is tangents and side notes. So Dennis and Sean, before the show... Dear viewers, horse around like complete idiots. You guys are always like goofing okay, off with each other. Okay, we horse around, but I, I think sort of like complete prodigies. Sure, sure, if you want to view it that way. But you know what? I'm, I'm about to pay you a compliment, even though I may have just insulted both of you. Yes. I like that because I, sometimes it's frustrating because we have to get started and I'm yelling at them to stop talking about dumb things and get going. But you know what? You're not moody. You're reliably fun. You're reliably goofy. Exactly. It's fun. It's just, it's lighthearted. And and I know I've said this on the show before, but working with women, could you ever imagine two women horsing no. around like that? No. You can't. No. Maybe they'd be more, you know, right. start on time, but. Well said. I love your honesty. I want to get back yeah, to this Yeah, let's get subject. back to that. This, this is a, it's a, it's not answerable. So here is. A perfect example of why I am mind-centered and why you, and it might be tougher because you're female and emotions run really powerfully in females, which is their strength and their weakness, just like we have strengths that are weaknesses and vice versa. Anyway, if you really love your parent who was the survivor, you said, I want, I want her or him to be happy. Well, why would they be happy alone the rest of their lives? You're totally right. You're totally right. And look, uh, you know what's interesting too? This and is, wait, wait, wait. I'll, sure. I, I, I don't want to leave the earlier point even. Forgive me. I hate no, interrupting it's you. it's fine. Why is it an insult to the, the the deceased parent. Listen, I, I expect to precede my wife uh, in, into the next world, okay? To die before she does, to, right. to be blunt. Okay. I, I, I love her so much. I want her to be happy that it... it, it, it I'm, I don't think I'm honored... If she never marries, Uh, I don't know why that honors me. It doesn't diminish the love she had for me, that that she would uh, want to marry and and have a home and and have a companion the rest of her life, which would be years, many years, hopefully. And I'm not speaking nobly. I'm speaking even emotionally. Now, uh, to be honest, uh, to really be honest, I don't want. I hope she doesn't love him more than she loved me. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'll admit that. 
No, it's a. It's but, very but, honest. But I. But to be happy with a man uh, after I leave is my fervent wish for her. Why? What will people say if, let's say, three years later she marries him? Oh well, let me tell you, she, she really. I wonder how much she loved Dennis. Who, who's going to think that? Or if she never marries, what will they say? Well, you know, after Dennis, no man on earth can can uh, could could be a, a good husband. I, I, why? Why would I want that to be said? You're right, and and it's proof that you know you're very mind based, and I admire that a lot about you. I rationally, as I said about you know uh, couples sort of in the ether before I applied it to my own parents, rationally there's not a great reason. I'm just coming. I'm just telling you emotionally it would be difficult. That being said, well, first let me let me try to explore, and this is me truly just thinking aloud. I don't know if it's going to be coherent, so forgive me. I'm trying to explore why I would have such an issue with that because I agree with what you said. Why is it why is it dishonoring? the deceased parent to have the other parent remarry? It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it's something psychological like then that person is really, your parent is really dead once your other parent gets another spouse. Oh, that's interesting. You know, maybe it's something psychological about holding on and and sort of kidding yourself into thinking that there's not a permanence to to your loved one's death. Perhaps that's what it is. Maybe it's sort of, again, this is being really blunt, maybe it sort of gives the impression of like, oh, thank God she's gone or thank God he's gone. You know, now I'm immediately moving on with someone else because with the the immediacy after maybe could, could give the impression that the person was seeking something else all along or, mm. or wanted all something right, quickly. All right, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a reason that literally just occurred to me. Okay. I've never really thought this through, except that I, I do get angry with, with callers who tell me they're angry that their parent remarried. I think there's an, uh, um, uh, maybe there's another factor. This, it means the family died. Yeah. I never thought of that till now. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to, to the hurt child. That's an official announcement. That family is gone. Yes. Tot- not, that's, yeah. not that dad is gone or mom is gone. The family is. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Did totally. you think of that? Oh, yes. That's that's sort of what I was thinking of with my first comment, that the, the permanence of that, that uh, loved one's death. Uh-huh. The family unit is 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 just, again, permanently different or gone, to use your words. I think I would want my parent to wait a certain amount of time. Again, this is with the acknowledgement, I don't have a complete rational reason. It's just a feeling. And you you will find this to be interesting. I think I would have a hard time if one of my parents remarried. Dating, perhaps, is okay. I don't know why. Again, well, don't again, know the why. Re, the remarriage yes, is the, it might be the family issue because, more than an insult to good old dad or good old mom. It's the family. Because once let's you know, once the parent remarries, that's your new dad or your new mom. That's your step parent, huh. and so it sort of seems more of a replacement. Whereas your if your parent is just dating someone, it's that person that makes them happy. It's not 
step, that's a, that's, insert yeah, parent. This is all new to me and, and all interesting. I think what you said, so in, in effect, including if they live together? Mm. They're not married but living together. That would... Mm. Would you? Would you emotionally answer me purely emotionally? I wouldn't like that. Three years later, I don't. No, know. no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Three years later, after again, God forbid, one of your parents dies, the other parent does not remarry, uh, but lives with his or her boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know. I don't think I'd like it. I know. What? Which would you like less, marriage or living together? Marriage. Okay. That's totally my, marriage. That's my point. So, because that, there's no other, obviously, step-parent. It's mom's boyfriend. Yep. Or dad's girlfriend. There's a distance. Whether or not they live together. Yes. Well, that, by the way, which proves my point, why the people who were dating all these years and then, oh, what's what's marriage? It's just a piece of paper. Excuse me. Saying this is my girlfriend versus this is my wife Ain't a piece of paper. Totally. That's a big changeroo. Totally. Also, when people say it's just a piece of paper, I sort of think, okay, then why don't you do it? That's, if it's just a yes. piece of paper, then just then get married. Did you get that line from me? I I, I might have, but I don't. No, think no, no. So. I, I I don't care whether you did. I, I, I no. I you know you I, know I, just, I would give you credit. Yeah. I, I, no. Maybe. No. I know. That's so. I, I have so said that so many times. I I listen. If you came up with it, it's not an issue to me. But it. it I so identify with having said that for so many years. Oh, it's just a piece of paper? Then why the hell don't you sign it? Well, I'll give you another example. I remember during the Black Lives Matter summer, I remember, obviously I remember so much about that summer because that's when I became conservative and all the light bulbs were going off. That's when the newspapers started capitalizing the B in black. Remember that? Yep. And not the W in white. Maybe they do the W in white now. Now they're doing I don't oh, do either. Fascinating, yep. yeah. So I remember speaking with a friend about how stupid it was. And she said, oh, what does it matter? You know, it's just a capital letter. And my answer was, well, if it doesn't matter. Why are they doing it? Yes. Then oh, of course. Why not do it my way? It drives you me know? crazy when it, people do that. Clearly yes. it does matter if you're defending you, it. Yes, you've made a stance. Yes. So it it's does matter. It's the same matter. thing with marriage. Yes. But no, this is this is very, very interesting. Right. So you would rather they live together, boyfriend and girlfriend, than get married. Yes. Yes, because it, it's... Because it's still boyfriend and girlfriend. Yes. It's less of a permanent replacement. Instability, vulnerability, uncertainty, volatility, precarious, unpredictable. All of these words describe our banking system as evidenced by the recent collapse of three banks. Julie Hartman here for AmFedCoin and Bullion. This was the second largest bank failure in history and the Federal Reserve has been scrambling to keep this bank run from spreading. If you feel uneasy about having too much money sitting in the bank, you're not alone. Gold, silver, and platinum have had recent gains as investors look for safe places to park their money. Now more than ever, you need to call Nick Rovich, owner of Amfed Coin and Bullion. Dennis has been doing business with Nick for many years, and he doesn't go anywhere else. Nick and his very experienced team of specialists will provide you with personalized attention, honest information, and sound advice. Be smart and be prepared. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Amfed Coin and Bullion, 1-800-221-7 or go to AmericanFederal.com. That's AmericanFederal.com. Well, mom's only husband was dad. 
Right. And, and again, as boyfriend, it's not your stepdad. Yep. So the same thing holds, but not, well, uh, not the same thing. A, a related thing happens when your parents divorce and then remarry. Mm-hmm. And it's, look, it's well known. It's very hard for a lot of kids to bond with the step-parent. And it's almost, well, I, I was going to say it's it's almost insoluble, but it's interesting because I meet so many people through the radio, for example, and, and in person. So you would, I wonder if you would be surprised, you, Julie, the number of people who have said to me, well, the truth is, I regard my stepdad as my dad. Mm. I, I I get that a lot. I'm sure you do. I know I know people in my own life who view their step parent that way. Really? Yes, because the other parent is so apt yeah. to lunge. Yes, that's something. right. Yes. And it's a be- it's a beautiful thing. No, oh, that's that's the ultimate. No, that's that's the best. Uh, mm-hmm. But equal, probably equal, is nice guy or nice woman, but you know. It's my, it's this it's a step parent. It's not my parent. You know, and also interesting how my uh, my son. This is a, I don't I think there's no reason to hide this. It's open and and it's very sweet actually. So my son has two of his own children, and two children, two stepchildren. His his wife's. Both he and his wife have had children from before. And the two daughters, who live with them half the time, call him daddy. Though they have a daddy whom they're quite bonded to. Oh, that's her. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And he always tells people, my, they're my daughters. He doesn't say my stepdaughters. How does the the real dad, if you will, the, the biological dad, feel about it? Apparently, it, it is not, not not really an issue for him. Well, you wrote, maybe you said it to me, or you wrote it in some book that I, I read. I continue to read and reread your books because they're just so wonderful. Um, you said, or oh, I know what it was. Sorry. So I just finished Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankel's book, and then I watched the book club episode on PragerU that you did with Michael Knowles about it. And you guys highlighted a passage Victor that Victor Frankel talks about how love is sort of at the center of everything that you should do, and you become more human the more that that you love. Of course, I'm losing my train of thought. Bingo, by the way. Tennis and Julie bingo is when Julie forgets what she's saying. Gosh, what, what were you just talking about? Oh, oh, yes, yes. So, and you said in this episode, the more, you know, I love when my children get close to another adult because they're loving more people. And by the way, my parents view that with, with you, with my relationship with you. They have, you know, I've made it very clear to them, as you know, and everyone knows, you know, you're not a replacement of them, obviously, right, right. you know, um, even though we're very close. And my parents, to their credit, have never, ever thought that. They, they know exactly what our relationship is. And my mom said, has said to me, why would I be threatened or upset by you loving another person or another person loving you. I'm so happy someone loves my child and my child loves someone else. I I think it's a beautiful thing. I think that what you highlighted in the book club and what my mom has affirmed is great. That being said, 
if I, not to get too personal, if I were the parent of the daughters and my daughters called someone else daddy, I might have a hard time with that. Right. Or in I, my case, I, mommy. No, I understand I that. would have a hard time. And it's not, I would be grateful that the, that the their step parent loves them and there's a good relationship. Right. But calling that person dad, or right. again, in my case, mom, I would want you. that exclusive to me. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I don't want to cause trouble here. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. And it may well be to his credit because right. he has, you know, he's secure in, in their love for him. Oh, and... it's actually greatly to his credit. Yeah. I'm saying I don't know if I would be strong enough to do it. Well, so I, I'll give you an, an analogy in my own life. So... My my older son, the one who has children, uh, the younger one just got married, doesn't have children yet. God willing, he will. Anyway, so... Oh, God, I know I'm having a Julie Bingo! Uh, no, no, this is a really... Uh, oh, yes, okay. Yes. So, obviously, my son has a mother and father. I'm his father. His, his mother had... He... I and she had David when we were married, obviously. So she is married to another man. She's been with him for like 25 years. And when uh, when David had his first child, she we, we discussed, why do you want our grandchild? Obviously, we share a grandchild. Well, why do you want the grandchild to call you? I asked. David's mom, my, my, my ex-wife, and what do I want the child, to, the grandchild to call me? So she said, I, I want, I want the, him to call me grandma. So the logical thing is, if you're grandma, I'm grandpa. Right. Right? But then she said, I, I would like my man, my husband, to be called grandpa. And I thought the logical is if she's grandma, I'm grandpa. That's the logical. That's that's the truth. That we're the grandparents as it happens. But then I thought if it's important for her that her husband be called grandpa, I'll take another name. I'm, 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 I'm called Why Poppy. Start a fight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and I and I, but I, I'm I'm really opening up here. I've never really even talked about this. To, to my family. So my thought was, if my grandchildren are close to me, my, my name could be the Martian. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And if they're not close to me, it doesn't matter if I'm grandpa or whatever it is. So what matters is the bond I have with my grandchildren, not my name. So there is an analogy for you. I'll give you a different. I, I totally agree with you, and I think as we say, we say, or you say, it's to your credit that you handled that so maturely. And and you're right. Why why start a fight over that? Yes. Here's the difference, though. You have multiple grandpas too. You only have one father or one mother. I would want that one title reserved for me. I wouldn't. I get it. I I got. Oh, I you know. I said it was analogous, but not precise. Right. Uh, I I I hear what you're saying. Would I feel funny in a divorce where my kid called the other man daddy? Well, first of all, interest. I think it's worth noting this is, and I think this is this is relevant. 
I believe that he is called Abba, which is Hebrew. They're, they're, mm-hmm. It's a religious Jewish family, and they often do that. So he is not called Daddy. He's called Abba, which is Hebrew for Daddy. So they're not both called Daddy. Okay. That that actually... <laughs> sorry to be judging your family. You know, no, no, no. It's their you're situation, not judging. But you're, you're judging you. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. That, to me, would be more acceptable. As yeah, long as the okay. name isn't identical. No, the name is not identical. I'm, I'm happy that I noted that. Daddy and Daddy would be odd. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you. So you, you're a step parent. You, through your human laboratory, aka your radio show. I should, I should say your radio show, aka your human laboratory. But right. I think, yeah, either actually, way, yes. You've, you've met and spoken with a lot of step parents. What do you think is the norm as far as relationships with step kids? Because you know, growing up, I mean, I've never had a step parent. Um, I, I hesitate to say this. I hope I never will because my parents are happily married i want them to both be alive and married for a long time but grow you know cinderella comes to mind the evil stepmother growing up i remember hearing story just fairy tales or stories that that paint step parents as evil uh again what do you what do you think the norm is do you think that most it it runs the gamut there is no norm Uh, I, I, i that's why i said there are so many who say I'm much closer to my stepdad than to my father, uh, and and there there are those that we never bonded. Uh, there's there's the chemistry is a factor. Is the kid is the kid angry? Is is a big factor too. If the kid is angry at the divorce, yes, that, yeah. that you yeah. know. By the way, in that regard, and you have not been touched happily by this i have my my son has just obviously my sons have and and my son again had it in his case uh <laughs> bingo again you know what it proves because this never happens Relaxation. on my radio show we're so relaxed we're so relaxed yes yes it's a very a very odd thing. honestly i think we both sometimes forget we're being filmed because we're so oh, totally. we're just chit-chatting yes this is just us i've not been That's touched by people... this i said is it the norm you know oh yes step... so i have said all of my life because i i came out to california in at the age of 26, to head uh, this Jewish educational institute where college kids came for a month in July, a month in August, lived there. So I, I got to really get into their lives. A lot of them came from divorced homes. So you'll find this fascinating. And I was not married, so I had no, I didn't come from a divorced home. I had no interaction in my own life with divorce. Mm-hmm. With divorce. Mm-hmm. So I had no agenda. And there were a few conclusions I drew because I got to know a lot of these kids well. I would meet with them privately. One, which I hold to this day, it is not the divorce. It is what happens after the divorce that can hurt a kid most. Hmm. All divorce is painful for a kid unless the kid really wanted the parents a divorce, which happens. But... How parents handle it afterwards, if they fight a lot, kids kids can handle divorce. They can't handle fighting. Mm. They hate to see, because they usually love both. 
And to see the two people you love basically hating each other is horrible for a child. Mm-hmm. Also, how many parents poison their kid against the other. And, and women do that more than men. I am as convinced of that as I am that the sun rises in the east. But if either sex does it, it is just wrong. And here's another killer for you. So I really go where evidence leads me. Uh, I, don't, I, I may have a predilection to believe something, but you know me. I'm very, very mind-centered. If the evidence says X, it's X. And I remember telling my dear, dear friend, Joseph Telushkin, at a certain point, and I, I, I was the head of that institute for seven years, so I, I went through a lot of kids, college kids, and not little kids. And I remember thinking, it blew my mind out of nowhere. I said to him one day, you know, the kids from the divorced homes are a lot more mature. And I don't know if that's true, mm. but I remember thinking that then. Well, that's your thesis statement or the the subject, I think, on episode 31, minute, da, da, da. I don't know what episode it was, but sometime we've we've done an episode on, is it advantageous to have a happy childhood? Yes, yes. In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Right. What you're saying indicates no. Something that I've wondered, and we're really getting honest and into it here, which I love about this show. So I have, I actually, it's it's interesting. I have a lot of friends who are adopted. I don't even know if you know that. And it's something I didn't even sort of consider until I was talking with someone recently who is adopted. And she was telling me that she, throughout her early uh, childhood and teenage years, had um, abandonment issues. Even though her she's very close with her adoptive parents, they have a great relationship. She said she went through this sort of grieving process of why did my biological parents want to give me up? That was fascinating. So once I had that conversation with her, then I started thinking, oh, gosh, I I actually have a lot of friends who are adopted. Uh, And I want to talk about it with them if they've gone through that. Then it made me think about children of parents who have divorced. This may be totally in my mind or it could be a very real thing. I'm interested to know what, what, what you may think. I would imagine sort of feeling, I don't know how to say this in the right way biologically split if you know what i mean between like i am the physical union of two people who now hate each other that must be hard like you know thinking and of course i'm not saying that children of people who have divorced shouldn't have been born that's not that's not what i'm saying at all here but i can imagine it's hard being Again, the product of two people who once loved each other and then now are so at odds. Because physically you are, I mean, you are the amalgam. As opposed to what? As opposed to being the child of parents who are together and you feel sort of like soulfully unified with yourself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, but what, so what is the point that you're making that it, why it's tough to be the child of a divorce? Yes. I mean, of course it's tough to be the child of a divorce because your but parents you are fighting. But you started with adoption. That's why I'm confused. Right. Okay. Well, I'm saying your sort of, um, your relationship with your parents can, can inform a lot about your 
psychological state or your identity. In the case of adoption, some suffer from abandonment issues. Even if they have the best relationship with their adopted parents, why did my birth parents abandon me? I'm saying the analog to that with regard to children of divorced parents may be that they feel sort of like, again, biologically... Abandoned. not abandoned, but but split. Like I, I don't again. Well, I that's don't... a form of abandonment. Yes, okay. definitely. Okay, so do first, you see what I'm saying? Or somewhat? I... Okay. No, no, no. Uh, okay, l- let me address the first part. So, because I, one of my children is adopted, one of my children is biological. Right. So, I, and you know me. You know I don't. It doesn't make any difference. It's a non. It's a non-issue to me, uh, and and ha- has been from the first day. But you should know this, and this is very rarely noted because people don't like to note uh, sex differences. Overwhelmingly, it has been my experience that the children, adopted children who feel abandoned are girls. Mm. The ones who go on search for birth parents, far more likely to be a girl than a boy. Anecdotally, that's true in my own life. Yeah, people oh, oh, I talk oh, to I, about I, this. Look, this is based on a lot of experience. Of course, of course. I'm not saying all by any means, but oh, it's way more girls. Uh, oh, I was abandoned. Which, by the way, as a male or as a human, I don't even understand. Did What does it mean you were abandoned? They, it's not like you, you had lived with them for a, a bunch of years and they go, ah, we don't want you. you they didn't know you. You can't. It's like, how, how do you take personally? It's like when I say on the on the radio, this is a fair analogy. I, 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 I say on the third hour on my Friday shows, which is calling on any subject, I always add, and if I let your call go, don't be insulted. How could you be insulted? I don't even know you. I add that, but there. So how do you how do you abandon what you never had? I th- I disagree with you on this. I think that because biologically, you know, I mean, yes, bi- ob- yeah, biologically. Well, you. I think it would be hard, and again, of course, I'm speculating. I, this is not from my own personal experience, but I think it would be hard thinking about the fact that I was created in a circumstance where neither one of my parents wanted that to happen. And for nine months, my mother carried me and was so, you know, perhaps upset or regretting the fact that she had. I think, I think that would inspire you're, you're, feelings you're of female. abandonment. Well, uh, no, that no, is true. I, 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 I don't even. I know that. People will think less of me for saying this. I'll, I'll, I, I'm risking that. I don't even understand what you're saying. Really? Yes. Because to me, I don't understand what you're saying. To me, right. it's so clear. Okay. This is a, you since are, but- we share values, we're both rational and somewhat bright, it's clearly the male-female it difference. Is. It is. Because think about it. You're... Your origin story. I know it both. I get what you're saying because it both doesn't matter and so matters then, a then, lot. Then do you feel that way about surrogate mothers? Well, it's fascinating you bring that up. No because... kidding. I didn't know whether uh, <laughs> no, we, we you were could... going to address this. Well, the, again, Allah, Dennis, and Julie, you can bring up anything. I'm there. Nothing. Okay, nothing then is fine. off limits. Okay, so, so good. So, so uh, there's someone who carried someone we know for nine months. Did she abandon you? No, but she's not my mother. She willingly went into the arrangement. And no, actually quite the opposite. I the thing the thing about my origin story and it's a great credit to my parents. My parents have made that and especially my mom growing up 
such a such a big part of my life. My mom goes, we wanted you so much. I went through IVF, two gestational surrogates failed, and finally this you know this miracle happened because back in 1999 when I was born, it seems it was just 23 years ago, but there were only 2,000 babies in the entirety of the country that were born from surrogates. I happened to be one of them, and my mom talks about you were wanted so much that we went through all of this pain and you know right but a woman we carried you. you for nine months yes but she's not my mo- she, yeah, wait, she wait, willingly wait, 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 wait. entered the so, agreement so wait so you you acknowledge your it's ironic incredible that it's your experience someone carried you for nine months yes right but, but okay. she's not my mother okay so what well that matters so, a lot wait wait, wait what okay what how could she abandon me? Okay. She never. She. I was never hers in the first place. I'm not her child. Right. So okay. So the carrying doesn't matter. All right. And is that? Is that? Are we acknowledging that? No, we're that, not. Because, because most women don't think that way. They think carrying is bonding. The carrying matters to me if it's if it's your biological mother. This woman was not my biological mother. She. Her, right. She through the miracle of science, she was basically. They say, like, she was the oven that baked me, you know? Like, the parent, my parents put together the ingredients, put the ingredients in her oven, and then she baked me. But I'm saying my origin story is that my parents wanted me so much. They entered into this through the miracle of science that happened. I'm saying it must be difficult, and it totally could be a male-female difference. And please, this is the benefit of this show. It's a human laboratory. If you're adopted, if you're, please write in. I really want to know. I'm saying it might be hard if your origin story, the two people entering in didn't want you. You were an accident, or you were the product of rape, or you were the, you know, just well, first the product of, all, a of lot, an unfortunate a lot, circumstance. A lot of couples who That's are married hard. and love each other. The child is the product of an accident, right? But the parents. So let's probably... say they are the product of an accident. So the the the, the, the birth mother, mm-hmm. in the case of the adopt child, had a choice. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm not married to the guy. In fact, we broke up, and I'll abort. What? Why isn't there this incredible gratitude that she didn't take the easy way out and had me and gave me to people who want me? Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had almost everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is one of the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillows you'll ever own. For our listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is a buy one, get one free offer with the promo code Hartman. MyPillow 2.0's temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Enter the promo code Hartman or call 1-800-566-6745 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. Oh, I'm I'm totally in agreement. I, 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 I really so, am. Right. But two so, things can be true at once. Right. Okay, okay. I just, I, I do, since I've heard this all of my life, 
that child is 30, so I've been I've been thinking about adoption for a, a, a big chunk that of chi- time. You mean your child? My child, Got yeah. It. Okay. I said that child. Yes, yeah, you right. did. Yeah. And I've never understood... At, I have no agenda here because it, 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 it's, it's, it doesn't benefit me or hurt me in either direction, okay? Mm-hmm. That's why I have no agenda. I don't, I don't believe that it, it is rational. That doesn't make it wrong. Right. No, I understand. I want to make that clear. But it's not rational to say you were abandoned. There was no you there. But isn't that okay? This is what this is why I love this show. We're taking it in such a different direction. If there was no you there, isn't that sort of the pro? Isn't that sort of the pro-abortion? No, not at all. It doesn't mean you are not a precious human being. But you can't. How can you abandon what you've had no relationship with? But you have when you're. Maybe this is. Oh, but I thought no, no, no. You just said carrying doesn't count. No, I didn't. I said carrying. You did. You said carrying doesn't count. No, I think. Well, forgive me. Just an oven. Okay. No, no, no. I, I think in my case it was just an oven, because this is not my biological if, mother. Okay. So this in, is this is right, someone. As I recall it, like the case I know best is my own child. She wanted the child. She thought she was going to marry the man who impregnated her. He split during the pregnancy, and then she decided, I, 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 I will give this child up for uh, 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 for adoption, and did not abort to her great credit. And she was 16 years old, okay, not exactly prepared to be a mother, uh, and a single mother at that. So was he abandoned by her? Is that, why is that, why is that a legitimate term? All I see is, for life has dealt me this difficult, I'm the woman, I'm the girl. Right. I wanted to marry this man. He 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 skedaddled. I I can either abort or give birth, but this is no longer the product of a union of love. He doesn't love me. In fact, he left me, and I want this child to have a loving home. Why is that abandonment? I don't think that it is abandonment from the perspective of the the person who you were just talking about, the mother. That being said, I can understand from the child's perspective how how he or she might have feelings of abandonment or feelings of wow, this this is just this is a very this is a sad thing. It's a uh, okay, loss because abandonment you... is loss. Fundamentally that is a huge component of what it is. And I can understand from the child's perspective, again, this is sort of the theme of the the conversation, even when we were talking about, you know, step parents, even if it's not rational, your feelings may, for better or for worse, dictate otherwise. I can get from the child's, I I agree, what you said a few minutes ago, I thought was totally spot on. I think it's a tragedy nowadays that people don't appreciate when a mother makes a hard decision to bring the child to term. I mean, that is that is one of the most beautiful things. No, totally, totally. No, no, no. Hear me. I am not. I am not in this. Right. I I am not judging the parent. I I actually think one of the bravest thing, bravest things a mother can do. 
because and this is goes back to another Dennis and Julie where we I talked very openly about abortion and I said there whether it's you know good or not good there's a part of me that may find it easier to abort my child than bring them to term because it would be so sad for me well of course so so hear me I am not judging the parent I admire parents who bring it to term and give it up for adoption sorry I shouldn't have said it the, the child but from the child's perspective I can understand having a feeling of abandonment or ha- having sort of an uneasy feeling about their origin story. I, I can get, maybe it's right. the woman in me, but I, I can understand how I may feel like is my exist. Of course I, I want everyone, everyone should feel that their existence is um, precious and unique and worthy, but I can understand how one might feel. I am, I am the product of something that, you know, people so may he, have not so wanted to happen. That's By hard. the way, are you, since you're not adopted, I'm very curious to get your feelings answer, not your intellectual, rational answer. Is there a part of you, I have no idea what you'll say, and I'm very curious, that thinks that it goes somewhat in the other direction? Do you think that an adopt, a parent with an adopted child or an adoptive parent mm-hmm. feels differently than the parent of a biological child in terms of love of the child? I think it totally depends on the parent. I used to say yes. I, I used to think, how could you, and it's, you know, I'm not saying this in a judge, it's just, it's just biology. Right, asking, how could no, you I'm love? No, I'm only asking emotion. No, I know. Emotion. I used to say yes, there would be a difference between how a p- parent views an adopted child versus a biological child. You actually made me think otherwise because of your powerful writing about the the nature of love and how it actually you know they say you you've told me it's actually better to say you love someone like a friend versus you love someone like a family member because friends you choose and family members you don't and love shouldn't be contingent upon blood you have changed my perspective on that but i think that's because to your credit you're a very rational Person, right? But, the, but I think I, it's harder to love an adopted child as much as you would a biological child. It's not true, though. Pro- I, probably no, not. I think most people think that, except yeah. for those who have done it. And I can prove to people, to the extent that proof is possible in, in an emotional issue. Uh, so I give a very odd analogy, but it's pretty powerful. Just think. If, if you have a dog, how much you love your dog. Now, that's not just, not just your biological child. That's not your species. Mm. And you are crazy in love with a dog. How, why don't we do exponentially what it would be to be a human that you have as your child? Number two, I'm a father, not a mother. When did I first meet my... I'm really a rare case. I have one of each. Yes. So I, I, yeah, it's you like are. God gave me this so I could. And you have stepchildren. You, you yeah, have like yeah, the whole I, I, yes, the parenting whole thing. Gamut. That's right. This is not abstract. Yes. So when did I first meet my biological child? I think five days after he was born. Is that no, 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 biological. Oh, bi- oh sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of Aaron. Um, the the moment he was born. Right. The day he was born. Right. When did I first meet my adopted child? Was it five days after? No, oh. the day he was born. Oh. So as a father, what the hell's the difference to me where, what oven he was cooked in? Second, third, 
I don't give a damn about my seed. I don't. I care. I, as I say, and this, I could prove this, and I will. I really got to write this up because it, it so will be helpful to people. So, uh, I, as I always say, I am, I am only interested in transferring my values to my children, not my seed. I have no interest in whether or not. First of all, it's not my seed. I'm only half anyway. Half their DNA is their mother. So right. so I'm preoccupied with half his DNA. I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's, it's almost absurd. And I could prove it to anyone listening that what I say they would feel. So I, I, I did this because I don't know why I stopped. I used to do a, one show a year, one hour a year of radio on the case of... of Danny. Uh, uh, well, not, well, that's when Danny was this case, which I've written about in think a second time but no no no. I, I did it an hour a year on adoption okay on on blood versus love guy calls me up i don't know if, i wonder if you know the story i hope you don't <laughs> i don't guy, think i do guy calls me up says dennis really respect you and all and i agree with you virtually all the time but not on this one and let me give you my circumstance my parents is a jewish guy my parents are holocaust survivors Literally, their entire families were murdered by by the Germans. Murdered. All they had, they had nobody left. They lost their children. They lost their siblings, their parents. They had each other. Okay? Which has happened to a lot of people. Every relative was murdered. It's, It's beyond imagination for us. So I am their one child, Dennis. They've only been able to conceive one child. I'm that child. Do you understand why blood would be important to them? Pretty good, good, good yeah. question, I was, right? I was going to say, I wouldn't want to be you on the other okay. side of that. Well, this is what I answered <laughs> to him. Challenge. I said, so here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to call your parents, or next time you're with them, ask them this question. Mom and Dad, what would you prefer? A blood child who didn't identify as a Jew or an adopted child who carried on the Jewish tradition and and Jewish identity. Mm. What what did he say? You know what he said? You're right. Oh wow. That's what he said. Only you. That's a very very good response. You know what you were what you were saying about um not caring about you know being half or or I guess not having the same sort of biological ne- connection. I, I really do think it is a difference between male and female. Yes, that's because, why that's how I began this men, discussion. Totally, men can very easily forget that they're they have impregnated someone with a woman literally all day every day. I mean, I haven't been pregnant, but I can imagine. Right, but even you literally you, cannot yes, escape it. Right, but your how ironic that. This is even rarer than being an adoptive parent, that you were born to a surrogate. I know. I, I mean, so we have covered every base between really the two have. of us. It's really amazing. It is. It's cool. And, but, but, but she didn't have that every day for nine months and yet was happy to, to do what she promised your parents. You mean? The surrogate mother. Well, she, she, ha- she, she, she carried you for nine months. Right. But, but all all of those attachment hormones or attachment feelings right. didn't didn't apply. And on the other side, my mom didn't carry a child yeah, for so nine wait, months, right. and the so, attachment right, thing did apply. I'm only reacting to your point that nine months of that does really cause right. something. Yes. So the male female difference 
is not just on carrying. I don't know what it's about. I, mm. I really don't. I know that it's there. It's that it's with adoptive kid, adopted kids. Uh, uh, and and by the way, a lot of adopted daughters are crazy about their parents. I mean, the people who raise them. Right. And of I, I, it's a given. Uh, but the uh, the sense of abandonment and uh, and searching for the birth parents is. Uh, I think generally much more to be found among uh, girls. Yes. I think, so I, I want to clarify what I was saying earlier about the the children of parents who've divorced maybe having sort of a biological uh, conflict. I think you're right that it is more pronounced in girls. Girls probably just think about this way more than guys. But let me give you some examples. And again, this is coming from my privileged, lucky position of being the child of people who are married and and love each other very much. I feel, again, probably because I'm a woman, I feel very biologically whole because my parents love each other and are married. And like, for instance, when I express a, I have my mom's, some people may not see this in me because I'm so serious on the show, but I'm a character, as you know. My mom is a total character. So whenever I do something that's like my mom, I know you know, my dad will compliment and go, oh, you're just like your mother in, in, in a really fond way. And I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll have that part of my mom. Or then my dad is, my dad is very cerebral and likes to read. When I do that, my mom will say, oh, you're just like your dad. And I feel this sort of unity oh, of God. great parts of my parents. Even when I look in the mirror, I have my mom's nose. I have my dad's oh, eyes. God. I feel this All unity. Right. I realize. And is it just such woman I, stuff? Uh, yes. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. I can only tell you, and I'm, I'm true. Truly letting the chips fall where they may. Okay. Because I could see people thinking, Dennis is a bit weird on this one. Yep. None of that means anything to me. Mm. I, if my, if I had, if my biological son looked spit an image of his mom and not at all like me, it would make no difference to me. I don't yearn to have him look like me. I don't yearn him to have my habits or my idiosyncrasies or anything like that. I yearn for him to be a good, happy, responsible man, husband, father. I know it almost sounds corny, but you know me. That's what animates me. It's true. Well, also, I I just want to say I don't I don't know any of your siblings, obviously, but uh, it, it people. People, because they yearn to find traits that bond them to a parent, will say, oh, you do that, it's just like mom. You do that, it's just like dad. But what if your siblings don't do any of that? (laughs) They're also biological children. Maybe it isn't because you are there, you love to read. I don't know if either of your parents loves to read as much as you. And I'm not even asking, and it's not necessary for you to comment on it. But... Let's say let's say they they do. Do you think your love of reading is because of them? Do your siblings love to read? Do my siblings love to read? Did did they get it from did we get it from our parents? Uh there was if it's from parents, most biological siblings would be similar to one another. But it's rare that siblings are similar to one another. That is true. 
No, I, I it's also it, this this whole thing is is very interesting because as much as I think about, oh, I have this part of my mom or this part of my dad, I think also what I like about myself is that in many ways I'm different from my parents. And I have like, for instance, you just mentioned love of reading, even though I agree it's not necessarily necessary for me to comment. But um, I ha- my parents are not as voracious of readers as I am. And I like that I have something different. But still, I, I also sort of like having the foundation of feeling this biological unity. And maybe that's total woman speak. It probably is. It also could be unique to my situation because my parents really made my origin story as part of my life because they knew that it was different. They knew that I was probably never going to encounter anyone else who was born from a surrogate. And by the way, I have not encountered anyone else. Isn't that amazing in my life? I have not. Maybe, maybe I think maybe we know someone who has a kid that was just born, but no one my age. I've never met anyone else that's born from a surrogate. And so maybe I think about my origin story more than than others might. But again, a la the the human laboratory. This is why this is why I publicize my email address because I I'm so interested to know what if if other people can relate to what I'm saying or if they think it's just woman speak. Well, I wouldn't throw the word just. It might be woman speak, and it's it's completely right. valid. No, within, I didn't within mean that. to dismiss. Yeah, yeah no, no. Speak. I want to make my position right. clear. Uh, I, all I'm saying, but it's a big all, like I said to that Jewish guy who called me up, even all of you who value biology and value seed and and so on and genes and anything else and characteristics, there is no comparison between having all of that and not sharing your child's values and having none of that and sharing values. It is such a good point. It is really it's, important point. Yes. Because your biological children can feel like strangers to you. Well, if they, it, there are if, millions, yes. probably tens. Every totally. audience I ask, raise your hand if you know a family. You don't have to be self-conscious. It's not necessarily your family. You know a family where an adult child doesn't speak to a parent. At least one-third of the hands go up. And that's and and the last time I asked it was a religious mm. Jewish crowd. Yeah. Well, I, sadly, I think it's probably more heightened among religious crowds because ch- children. Oh no, no, I don't think it is. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. yeah they may. No, no. no you're, you're thinking of not necessarily sharing their right. religion. No, no. I'm talking about don't talk to the parent. Oh. There are a lot of kids mm. who abandon the, the parent's religion and they talk to the parent. Right. Not talk to the parent. That's the ultimate. And these are all biological children. No, I mean i've I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. It's very. If it's you painful. couldn't conceive, or or your husband, God willing, should you have one? <laughs> Thanks. No, You're the one who made that prediction <laughs> before the show. I did. Okay. Uh, let's. You can't conceive naturally. Okay. I, I would adopt, of course. Okay, fine. I'm and just I would love. I would yeah. love that child. No, no. You no. you have no idea how much you. The second the child will be in your arms. You would forget how they how he got there. Oh, hear me! I you know I would totally. I'm not anti-adoption. I'm very oh, I know pro. You're not. I, no, I know. None that. of this. My arguments were no, to say no, any no, of that. No, no, no. We're talking emotionally. Right. I would. I would be delighted to have a. I would just want that child to be happy, healthy, good, yes, and share exactly. my values. Yes, that's right. So, well, it, look. The, ask ask people whose kid is a different race. 
you love them less than the kids of the same race. I know, like the evil Amy Coney Barrett, who uh, Ibram X. Kendi called a, uh, a um, akin to a slave owner because she adopted black children. Isn't that, is well, that sick? Well, he did say that? Yes. I mean, maybe it wasn't a kind of, but it was, it was something like it, this is a, a legacy of slavery. White people thinking that they can own black people. White mothers adopting well, black children. Your, you own your child? No, it's, I mean, tr- it's beyond idiotic and it's evil, actually. I, I find, well, it's it evil. Is, it is evil. Uh, it, it, the whole, that whole world of thought is evil. But I just find it hilarious. You own your child? My parents didn't think they owned me, I think, by the time I was seven. <laughs> when you were tipping the porter when at the I was airport. tipping the porter at the airport. But see, this is also, I said on a recent Dennis and Julie, the stories that you're told as a child really do inform how you view yourself. I talked about the story at my preschool when I stood up to a bully in front of all these kids and all these parents, and that inculcated in me, I'm, I stand up for what's right. I'm not afraid to do so publicly. I think that's influenced where I am now. You talked, you answered on that show that, that the story was told to you constantly of oh, tipping yeah, the that's, porter. So the stories were told about ourselves. Yes, yes. and I think, by, I uh-huh. think your origin story, at least, again, I recognize in my case it's especially heightened, but I think your origin story really has a lot to do with that or can have a lot to do with that well i'll just say this uh, i and i made i made i think a good case it's look it's touched you so it's a good case uh what you what you really want from your child ha- has very little to do with any of the biological stuff I, th- that's that's the bottom line when you really yeah, think about it. Definitely. And, you know, sometimes we're so... Di- look, look, you're an outlier, okay? I'm an outlier. It, it's the way it is. I mean, to be totally honest, my parents didn't know where the hell I came from. And they were the biological parents of me. My mother carried me nine months. I have every reason to assume it was my father who impregnated my mother. And, and it is no, of course, it's no knock on them. I mean, if you have a high school kid who does no homework but teaches himself Russian and to conduct orchestras, yes. you know you have a, uh, you can't say, oh, we produced that. And I'm not bragging. I didn't produce me either. Uh, this is my nature. I don't take credit. I'm just saying I was so different. And you're so different. I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know your parents well enough. But I. But I just know how different you are from the norm. Where do we come from? I, we are. This notion that yes, you're you know, you're the product of your parents. Uh, in some ways, I mean, I hope that I influenced both my boys, and I think I did, and that's it. That's it. I. I, I, I the randomness of life is, is a yes, weird thing to contemplate. Right. And you alerted me to it when you talk about natures. I see biological children who do not resemble their parents' values in any way, even though their parents are wonderful. I see non-biological children who are very close with their, you know, non-biological parents. I see... Oh, here's a killer. 50- How about bad biological parents with wonderful children? Yes, yes. Or even even stuff like ugly parents producing a gorgeous child or vice. Even if you look at someone like, I hope it's okay I'm saying his name, Jacob, there is this 13-year-old boy at Dennis's Torah Minion the who synagogue, yeah. is 
so mature. I mean, right. this guy is like, yes, I, I am. I can't even tell you how wowed I am by him. He right. writes emails to me explaining what Purim is, and he's so. I mean, where does he come from? That's where right. the hell does a thirteen-year-old like that right. come from? And then there were fifty-year-olds right. who might Did as Beethoven's well be three years old. Beethoven? It's it's just I, so I, yeah. You know, it's the, crazy. You gotta be you gotta be humble as a parent. The best you can do is not screw them up. <laughs> your, yeah. your, the capacity of a parent to really screw up a child is quite great. Yes. <laughs> but beyond that, and, and my, my dream was to share values. I mean, I told my kids, I don't give a damn about your grades. How many parents I know. A, that's... said that to their kids? I don't know if I would even say that to my kids. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't say that's the first thing that I... Yeah. The first thing I value is their, their goodness. Well, but... I, I made clear. I mean, if you're not doing schoolwork, you're not going to be on TV. You're not going to be playing video games. Right. But but the grades don't matter to me. Your character matters to me. And I and I, I rammed that home. And I, I hope... I, I, I have reason to believe it, it took hold. Yes, you do. You do. And... It took hold in your grandchildren too, who are so cute. And I'm not a kid person, yeah, but, but they're really cute. To my cute. consternation, they have good grades. <laughs> I have to. I think about that story of of uh, Jack. Is it Jack, the younger yeah, one? Yeah. Raising oh, his hand. God, that's the best. During that Is speech. Is that awesome? He, he was sitting. He was, he was the only one under oh sixty to God. raise his hand. So funny. <laughs> Again, where where do characters come That's from? That's right. It's really we we should know. God has a lot to explain. Well, that, the bad uh, and the good, uh, you know, yeah, just there's a lot. Yes, that's correct. You and my wife should make up a list. Oh, Sue, so, I would long. say at least once a week. Yeah, I'd like to ask God, and then she fills in some unfairness in the world. Not that she's experienced; she's been right. Blessed. No, I. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, th- this was intense. This was. It was, uh, boy, we we didn't even, no, we not, never know no. where we're going well, to go, that's but this was really. charm. I mean, it, 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 this is magic. Okay. Tell tell everybody goodbye. Goodbye, <laughs> goodbye. everybody. No, please write to me, Julie How at pe- Julie-Hartman.com, yes. which I'm sure Dennis knew and was going Julie to say. Julie at Julie-Hartman, but it's not Julie D-A-S-H Hartman. Yes. <laughs> Let's clarify that. It's the hyphen. No, it's the dash. dash. Oh, Okay. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that they, the, they, the was an article on my show, Timeless. I didn't know. You didn't? No, I didn't. Did you know the word article for, for English grammar? No, I, I knew the word article, but I, I couldn't remember if the was the, an article. And, and so was, uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I can't think of others. You, Just remember, though, who is he, he is she, and me is who. Yes, I, I will definitely began. remember that. Bye, everyone. And remember to subscribe, please. Yes. Bye, Shalom. everybody. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.